everybody. Welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. I am so excited that you've decided to come back and join me today. If you don't know me, my name is Natasha Collins. I'm a charter surveyor and I run NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors, which is the place to be if you want to build a property portfolio that completely aligns with your goals. If you want to know more about what NC Real Estate does, make sure you head over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk or come and join the conversation in my Facebook group, which is Property Investment Mastery. I am going to put the links for both of those in the show notes below. So if you want to come and join me, make sure you do. Today, I'm so excited. We have got an amazing guest with us today. I've got Alan Milstein of Skyline Surveyors. Alan is a residential surveyor. After a successful career in international sales and marketing, Alan retrained as a surveyor in the early 2000s, going on to specialise in the inspection of listed and historic buildings and primarily providing surveys to home buyers. Recognising the deficiencies evident in the residential surveying industry, Alan was a founder member of the Residential Property Surveyors Association, which promotes the interests of specialist residential surveyors and formed a software design house to help surveyors create modern, interesting and value for money surveys for home buyers, landlords and owners. He is regularly involved with stakeholders at national and government level in improving the house buying and selling process, helping to ensure that all home buyers get reliable information about the condition of the property they're planning to buy and helping landlords and tenants deliver and live in decent homes. In his spare time, Alan is a keen runner, having completed a number of marathons, regularly taking part in Canicross running events with his dog and enjoys good food and cooking. Hi, Alan. Welcome. Hello. Good afternoon, Natasha. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? Great. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come and join me. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, no, it's a great pleasure for me and a good opportunity to talk to some people about surveys, which is <laughs> what I'm doing. We always start the podcast with a bit of the news of the week. And I know that you've bought something that is super topical at the moment, which Theresa May seemed to have announced on Twitter. Yeah, so I think Theresa May at the uh, the Tory party conference this week announced that she's going to uh, uh, put additional uh, levies on, on um, stamp duty for foreign investors, foreign buyers of property. Uh, and, and on the surface, I'm sure that it's a good vote winning kind of policy, uh, which seems to sort of tap into the, the tone at the moment. Um, but I think on a wider level, you know, a lot of young people can't afford to buy houses these days and they need to rent houses. And if it's foreign investors who are offering those properties to rent, um, then increasing their costs is only going to increase the cost for renters. So I think it has a knock on effect throughout the market, really. And I, I think it's a really it's kind of a short sighted policy. Uh, it's, it's headline grabbing and one can see that, I suppose. But I think it's a shame that it's perhaps not part of a more coherent housing policy. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I think how the housing crisis i guess i put that in um commas because it seems to be a hashtag that's floating around but something that's not really nobody knows the exact way of dealing with it but there are so many different people complaining that the government felt like they had to do something but i'm with you that it just doesn't go far enough it's not going to change market prices yeah i think that that you know housing policy needs to be for the long term you can't 
deliver it on a, on a you know, two, three, four, five year program. It's got to be looking 20, 30 years into the future. And the problem is that we've been under building houses in this country for the last 30 years. And we need to turn that around. You can't turn it around in one year just by adding a 1% tax on, on some people. You need to have a proper program uh, that, that, is, that is moving forwards. But it's kind of difficult. I mean, just actually where I live down in West Sussex, um, uh, we had, there was a vote last night on, on the development in Lansing of 600 houses and an IKEA store. So lots of great new housing for people and so on. But of course, it was vehemently opposed by people who didn't want houses built in their backyard. And I, mm. I just have to kind of, as a country, uh, look at the way we approach this and, and at the end of the day, try and, afford, uh, pr try and provide decent housing for particularly young people. Yeah, I agree. So I think, I, I think change from the Conservative Party is always positive that they're looking at it. But I just wish they'd look at these mm. things in a little bit more detail, maybe making planning policy easier. Maybe if you're putting up new builds, making like a permitted development right or something. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think, yes, too much interference and, and, you know, get off people's backs and let them get on with things. Yes, I agree. So I think that's a great story to start this conversation on because it's going to lead, lead us very nicely into what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the podcast. And for all you landlords and property investors, I think you are going to be very excited about this because Alan is offering something which will make it far easier for you to know exactly what's going on with your buy-to-lets and make sure that you stay up with new best practice and make sure that you're hitting all the right legislation. So we are going to get to that very shortly. But first, I'd love to talk a little bit about the RPSA and what does it do and why is it so important? For me, surveying in this country has kind of been in the doldrums for many years now, and we haven't really been exciting consumers and house buyers. And the RPSA is all about really kicking, pressing the restart button on, on surveying. Um, firstly, our members are specialist residential surveyors. Mm -hmm. So uh, unlike sort of your traditional charter surveyor, and I, I know you are one, um, but many charter surveyors are, if you like, a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, they tend to, care, many of them are, are working across a very wide spectrum of different, uh, different subject uh, headings. Uh, at RPSA, we are purely specialist residential surveyors. We spend all our time looking at residential property. Um, and so our focus is entirely there. And the RPSA is all about representing our membership and promoting their services uh, to uh, consumers and through, uh, through stakeholder groups and through government and so on. Um, and in large part, or a large part of that is in creating new and interesting products. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, without a doubt, I think that that you know your average home buyer report that people have, may have had experience of in the past. You know, it was a pretty dull document, full of caveats, and 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 I couldn't do this, and I couldn't see that, and I'm not telling you this, and I'm not telling you that. Uh, and I think that we as an industry need to be uh, much more focused and providing a much better service to our clients. Mm -hmm. So we're about creating new products that are interesting exciting readable and provide people with really good information fantastic i like that i think it's a really good stance so let's have a, a bit of a focus on um landlords and i know that you're very much uh 
into making sure that landlords do fulfill their obligations in regards to new legislation. What are the what is the new legislation at the moment, or what's the most important legislation that you think landlords need to be aware of right now? Well, for, for me, the one that that really is the is the sort of stinger in the tail, as it were, uh, is the Homes Bill, which mm-hmm. will be uh, it, it goes into the final reading uh, in the House of Commons this month, um, and so we're going to see that enacted uh, probably next year. Um, and, and that sort of contains a very innocuous sounding sort of phrase. And it basically says landlords are required to keep uh, properties in good condition at the start of a tenancy and throughout. And, and, and that's the key thing is, is, you know, how does a landlord make sure that they can, they can do it on day one of a tenancy. They can go in there, they can inspect it and, and so on. We know it's in, in, in good condition and providing a decent home. How do we make sure that that's going to be the case on year two, three, four, five. And so uh, I, th- I think that, that the landlords have to be very mindful that, that the landscape is changing mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, we can't just, uh, you know, just, just take on a tenant and, and walk away um, uh, and, and count the money. You know, it's, 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 it's a lot more involved than that. And I think there's a lot, you know, a lot higher level of responsibility coming. And, and that le- level of, of regulation and, uh, uh, and and licensing and so on is only going to continue. I think, it, you know, it's not, no one's going to take away the um, that legislation. The other thing that we had recently was the report from the Centre for Housing Policy, uh, which suggested some form of MOT, an annual MOT for uh, for rental property. So this all sort of kind of fits in together, really. And I think that that, that is the pattern that, that landlords are going to have to contend with now is to say, well, OK, our properties are going to be subject to some form of annual or regular inspection or assessment. Yes. I think, though, that that um, I was I was having a conversation in my property investment mastery group this week and I was asking whether uh, the members thought that property investment was a passive income and I was glad to see that a lot of them are now saying no it does take a lot of work to be a landlord no yeah. longer can you just simply buy a property and think all right I'm checking a tenant in and just going to sit there and off you walk uh, wait for the money to roll in every month that's not what property investment is about anymore if you are a landlord and you're in charge of a property you have that responsibility to your tenant and to that that asset to keep it in really good working order. And I think this hopefully will be the push that we need to start seeing rogue landlords leaving the industry. Yeah, I think that, um, uh, you know, as you, you say, it's responsibility is the key word there. It's responsibility to the, to the tenants. Uh, but also the landlord has responsibility to their own investment. Yeah. Uh, and, and be it, you know, whether they put up the money or a lender has put up the money, they have a responsibility to look after that investment. And and and, and what's really interesting um, is that, uh, that that when we started looking at this whole area of how we could provide useful information to landlords on an, an annual and ongoing basis, uh, it became very clear that it all starts back on sort of day one when you look at the condition of the property and you look at what your starting point is. Uh, because once you know that, you can then manage the property in through its life. Mm-hmm. And, and that means taking care of the maintenance issues and all those sorts of things, which in turn affect 
the the health and safety and well-being of of the tenants. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's I always I, I like to look at at buildings and and in fact you know the life of buildings in a holistic way. I don't think we can anymore look at little individual elements as you say. You can't look just at the tenant in the property or the the rent that they're paying or anything like that. All these things are linked, and we have to take that responsibility and tie them all together. Yes, I agree. Completely agree. So let's have a talk about your buy-to-let surveys, which you're introducing, yeah. which are very exciting. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it. As I said, we you know right at the start, the, the RPSA is all about uh, creating you know interesting and useful products. Uh, and, and when we looked at the the, the buy-to-let market, we recognised that there was nobody around who was offering a product specifically tailored uh, for landlords, uh, be they new landlords or existing landlords. Um, and, and then you, you go and look at the, you know, what's what's the legislation and the regulation? Well, for, as far as tenants are concerned, it all comes down to health and safety. And, and effectively un, under the auspices of the housing health and safety rating system. So there's 29 hazard profiles that fall within the HHSRS. Um, which which are what the health and safety of a property is assessed on. So we looked at that and we looked at what we do as a regular survey when we're going out doing a, a, a sort of a, an, ins- an inspection for a home buyer. And, and when you, you look at those two different areas, the condition of the property and the health and safety issues within the property, you start to realise, as I suggested earlier, that, that actually they're one and the same thing. Uh, so, for example... Uh, you know, if there's black mold on the walls, well, that might be because the tenant is doing all their cooking and washing and drying all their clothes without opening any windows. Mm-hmm. Or it might be that actually the windows can't be opened because the locks don't work. Uh, or that uh, that actually it's the render on the outside of the walls, which is cracked, which is allowing moisture through, which is creating the cold walls, which is causing that black mold to appear. So one can't look at these things in isolation. Uh, so what we set about to do was to create a survey that was able to mesh these two different areas of interest together, the condition and the health and safety issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we created uh, a software platform uh, that surveyors can use to prepare the survey. And we give them training before they go out and do it. Because although it's pretty much what a surveyor does as a matter of his daily job anyway, uh, he has to kind of think in a slightly different way when he's doing this because it's rather than what's the impact to the property, we're now thinking what's the impact to the tenant or the occupant of the property. So, uh, and, and for the landlord, what we wanted to do was A, provide a report that was going to reflect the condition of the building and what work might be necessary in order to protect the building and the structure and so on and protect the investment. Um, but at the same time, produce a report that would highlight any deficiencies in the health and safety issues and the comfort of, the, of, of occupants within that property. So the new product called a My Buy to Let survey, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what it does is, is produce two reports. So the first report is, is the full survey report. Uh, and again, not the same as the old survey reports that people have seen in the past. Our reports contain lots of photographs. They use plain English. Uh, we, we, we don't use, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs of technical text. Surveyors love to do that, but actually <laughs> you stop them from doing it. Because for the reader, I think what they want is they want something really clear yes. and simple. 
clear yeah. instructions, clear descriptions and so on, without too many caveats, without saying, I, you know, I couldn't do this and I won't do that and I won't tell you this and I won't tell you that. So we try and avoid all that sort of stuff as much as possible and give a nice clear report about the condition of the property and give you, in, give the, 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 or the, the buyer or owner um, clear indications of what they need to do to look after that property, what repairs might be necessary and where there's sort of maintenance issues which are required. And then we produce the, uh, what we call the Decent and Safe Homes Report, the DASH report. Mm -hmm. And the DASH report then looks at the 29 headings, the potential hazard headings of uh, under the HHSRS. And it doesn't do an assessment. The, 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 uh, the Housing Health and Safety Rating System does a, a calculation assessment of, of, of uh, hazards, uh, which is incredibly complicated. And that's why it's proved to be not very usable. But we look at those headings and say, well, you know, what is the what are the issues that, that are relevant there? So if we take, for example, damp, uh, which is a good one, we say, well, are there you know, issues of, of penetrating damp, rising damp, cold bridging, ventilation? Uh, a lot of people refer to damp when actually what they're referring to is is condensation, yeah. uh, which is caused by a lack of ventilation. Uh, so so we break it down into in each section uh, as and, and try and again give pointers to the uh, the the property owner as to where they need to consider the uh, improvements that that need to be made, uh, and the the way that's done, reason it's done like that is then that there's an opportunity to go back sort of a year later, yeah, and review it again. Now, of course, if under the Homes Bill we're being told, well, yeah, you've got to make sure that property is in good condition today and in the future, then we do need to go back regularly. Um, in order to make sure that that the property is still being maintained because you know we, we can put in ventilation um but if tenants then switch it off uh we need to know about that and and uh you know because that's going to ultimately damage the property which is yep. the, the investment yeah uh, so so that was the task really was to combine these two two different areas into one report as i say no one's ever done it before no. And, and I suppose because it actually, it, it, it's not that easy to do, I suppose. Um, uh, but we also, uh, because of the way that the RPSA works, and, and just to sort of point the difference, Skyline Surveyors, of which I'm a director, uh, is the company that develops software. So that's that creates the software. And the RPSA is a, is a professional, non not-for-profit body supporting uh, surveyors. Um, but they use the software that, that is designed by Skyline. And, but being, having uh, uh, surveyors who are all under one heading, one banner, um, we can train those people specifically. We also have a panel so that uh, it's a direct portal for instructions. So if a landlord or owner wants to order a survey, they just come through to one panel, uh, phone number uh, or email, uh, website, and we can then find the surveyor anywhere in the country to deliver that product. Fantastic. So from this, from having the survey done, which we can see is absolutely a necessity because then it helps us keep up with the Homes Fit for Habitation Bill, um, which we can see land any time early next year. I think it's been in the pipeline for so long that actually uh, it's time that that one came through. Um, so once you've had that survey done, um, from there then it would give you a really good indication of what the next steps are so that you're not having to do um 
everything you're having a look at actually okay this is a problem but I've done this pretty well so I don't need to, to worry about this because this is good but I do need to worry about uh, x y and z that you've put on there and it kind of focuses a landlord's attention I guess. Yes yeah, so what we do in the in the, the 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 main survey report is we use condition ratings traffic light condition ratings uh, to so to direct really the, the the reader of the report to the areas they need to consider and they need to be concerned about. So, for example, you know, if we found the chimney was about to fall off the top of the roof, well, you know, that only not only is going to be a problem from the, the structural point of view of the house, but obviously there's the health and safety risk of the, the chimney <laughs> falling on somebody's head. There's also the dampness that's going to pour, come pouring in through the, through, through, through the roof. So obviously a very important one, uh, an urgent one to repair. So we'd flag that up with a condition rating three, paint it in red so nobody can miss it. And the landlord knows, okay, I've got to deal with this right away. Yeah. Um, and, and then the, on the other side of it, in the, the DASH report, then we'll give him the pointers to the areas where he will need to give some consideration. Now, if, for example, uh, there were a, and I'm just trying to think of a good example, I don't know, a second floor flat and the window frame is about to fall out. So, so you know, uh, funny enough, I have had it happen to me. No, <laughs> really? How did uh, you oh, yes, I was... I, I can remember very, very, I remember doing a survey <laughs> on a flat, a second floor flat, and as I opened the window to check it, the whole casement <gasps> of the window came off in my hand, and I had my arm out the window holding onto the window. So it does happen. No, um, how long was this recent? Uh, was it was a year or two back, but but particularly in the area I I'm I'm uh, south coast. I'm right on the right. south coast, so we get particularly properties near to the seafront. A lot of corrosion on, okay. on metal work. So locks and hinges and things really do take take us over. So so you know, but but that's you know that that's a good example. That's you know where it's a condition thing, it's a health and safety thing, and so on. Um, so these that's why the whole thing is interrelated. But so there would be a flag in the report in the main body of the report, condition rating three on the windows, saying windows in broken, dangerous condition. But also in the dash report, it would say, well, hang on a minute, we've got a window that can't be used here, which means no ventilation. Yeah. Um, as well as the danger aspects. Uh, so that's why all this, you know, as I, I, I can't understand how, uh, and I mentioned earlier on that the housing health and rate safety rating system ha has been really effectively deemed not fit for purpose. And it's the system that local authorities have been using to assess uh, uh, rental property. And, and, and you can't, in my mind, assess a property for health and safety unless you also assess its structural condition mm -hmm. because the two are completely you know, inextricably linked. Uh, so, so that's why it has to be like that. But what, yeah, so what we do is really make sure that, that things are very clear for the landlord uh, so that he can then see exactly what he, A, what he's got to do right away and B, what are the other issues he's got to consider perhaps on the longer term. So, you know, with, with most uh, well, I say most with many rental properties, the biggest issue to consider is 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 uh, moisture and ventilation, um, and 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 they may not be immediate emergency issues, but they are longer term issues and will affect the you know the the the, the comfort of the of the home. So, so yeah, we can give information advice on those things, which are, which are also going to uh, which are going to sort of be important on ongoing basis. Do we know yet what the fines are going to be for not compliant? 
not complying? Do you think it's going to, are we going to be up there with the same as the new HMO changes that we saw come in this yeah, week? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, it's, it's you know, these, these are going to be civil, there'll be civil penalties up to £30,000. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, it's a good headline uh, in as much as, you know, you know, and there are, there have been some really big fines. There have been yep. some fines. But these are for, you know, in, in fairness, mostly for rogue landlords. And, and no matter how much legislation we have, there will be rogue landlords. Uh, you know, we don't want them. Nobody wants them in the industry. They give everybody a bad name reputation. Um, but, but, you know, they're there. And uh, there will always be fines for those people. I, I think that for me, uh, this, this, whilst, yes, you know, there is the potential for a big fine for, for getting things wrong. For me, this is all about providing decent homes and the fines yeah. are kind of relevant uh at the end of the day you know you only get fined if it was if there was a real problem there and if there was a real problem there you should have dealt with it yes uh, so you know my my interest in all of this I and mean, yes I, you know i want to see the members of rpsa being very busy and doing lots of surveys and they, they make that's how they earn their living um, it's good for the RPSA as well. I, I think you know we want to see the surveying industry as as a, as a whole being sort of enlivened and so on. But most important of all is people who live in houses. And whether we, as RPSA, we do surveys for people who are buying houses to live in, or whether they're buying them as a buy to let, the number one thing that we need to, and we should all be considering is the comfort of people living in those houses. So, uh, so I think that you know that should be our starting point. I think the other th important thing to consider as well is that. That if you as a landlord are demonstrating to your tenants <clears throat> by your actions that you are being responsible and and you are taking the trouble to learn about the condition of the property and look at it on an ongoing basis, uh, I, I think that sits very well with tenants. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think you know they are if they can see you're taking care of the property, then there's I think a good chance or better than even chance they're going to start taking care of the property as well. Yes. I agree with that. I think one thing we need to touch on, and I think this is this is an important thing, is, I mean, why number one, why is it necessary? Of course, there's going to be a cost uh, attached to this. And the one thing that I get kicked back on a lot is every time we announce these new things um, and things that really would make it better, landlords are going, and so we have to pay for something else. And slowly yeah. but surely, they're worrying that it's going to... Um, erase their profit so to speak but actually when we think about this kind of thing I always say prevention is the best cure because we do if, if you're acting from a proactive side it's always cheaper than when you're acting from a reactive side of things that's my number one but you can only advise a landlord to go so far with doing this stuff so uh, tell me about it from your your point of view yeah, why is this yeah. so necessary yeah, you know, I mean, I think one has to be a realist and and, and say there is a cost to it, you know, yeah. and, and you know, it, it, I would imagine for an average property to do the full survey and, 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 and health and safety inspection and so on is around about £500, which is a lot of money. And I'm sure that most landlords would rather not pay that money. A good example, though, I can give you of, 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 of how... <laughs> you know a small investment to start with can save you a can save you a lot i i did a survey on a house as you mentioned right at the beginning i specialize in doing listed and historic houses yeah. um and and i was surveying a house up near gatwick airport actually and, and uh it was a beautiful listed house 
uh, the fact it was listed was kind of irrelevant. Um, but the entire back wall of the house was incredibly damp and so damp, the plaster was falling off the walls and it was an old timber frame property. So there was rock forming in the, uh, in the, in the, the structural timbers of the property. Um, when I investigated and had a look to see what was causing this, it actually turned out to be uh, a little plastic hopper that was collecting water from a gutter and feeding it into a downpipe. And while I was actually doing the property for uh, doing the survey for the owner of the property, um, and while I was there, he went out and bought a replacement plastic hopper to replace the one that was cracked that was causing this. What it cost him three pounds. <laughs> so. For three pounds, he could have saved, I would estimate probably something like 20,000 pounds worth of damage caused oh. to that property because of that one leaking little hopper. And that's a really sort of, really sort of a, a obvious example of how, uh, you know, by maintaining the property on an ongoing basis, you are protecting your investment and you're avoiding further costs down the line. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's, you know, it's really important that, you know, particularly with, uh, with let property, um, that we do this regular monitoring because we don't have any idea. You know, we're not living in the property ourselves. So as a caring owner who living in a property, you're, you're constantly aware of things that may be going wrong around you. Um, you know, for whatever reason, tenants perhaps are not, you know, going to be look at it in, looking at it in the same way. They don't have the same uh, financial interest in that property. So, uh, so we do need to be looking at them regularly. And and, and picking up on the the small things that can turn into very big things, um, it's, yeah, it, it's you know it's a no brainer really. Um, I, mean, I agree, I agree with you. But I think sometimes when you when I'm I'm looking at it, and there are some properties where landlords just aren't aren't making the money from that single property to keep up with the amount of reg legislation that's coming in. And we're not talking about necessarily homes in the South where we can make 500, 600, 700 pounds a month profit. Yeah. We're then starting to look at um, homes maybe where, uh, you know, you're charging 350, 400 pounds a month for your rent. Your mortgage is then 160 pounds a month. You're obviously putting a little bit of money away for maintenance just in case anything goes wrong. So you're then left with only about 150 pounds profit a month. And over 12 months, for a lot of landlords, that then doesn't stack up to the amount that they have to pay in legislation. And so what I think we will start seeing is either those sort of landlords, um, uh, start kind of thinking, I'm not doing this anymore, like leaving leaving that kind of end of the market. Or we'll see landlords kind of trying to skip things, but they shouldn't be skipping things because at the end of the day, you start skipping stuff like that. And the worst thing that happens is you kill somebody. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a false economy. Uh, you know, yes, you, you know, and, and there are many things in a house that can kill people, uh, you know, almost unwittingly, you know, and it, and it, might, and it might be, you know, a simple thing like a, you know, a, a carbon monoxide um, alarm for for nine ninety nine that 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 is you know, and we just don't want those sort of responsibilities falling on upon us. And so so yeah, prevention is better than cure, no question about it. Uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. You know, landlords are being squeezed a lot these days. And again, it comes back to what we said right at the beginning about housing policy, and and. 
housing policy should be joined up because we yeah. have a market where that you know, many buyers can't afford to buy and therefore they want to rent. We need to provide a, a thriving rental market within the country. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that the government policy has a lot to answer for and maybe who knows what will change in the future. Uh, I th we've got to deal with what we've got today. Yeah. Uh, but I think that what we are going to see is that that unless landlords show that they are, and this is the way government seems to work, and I do spend quite a lot of time working with government now, is, is they kind of look at an, an area and say, well, if the people are not policing it themselves, then we're going to regulate. Yeah. And once government regulates, then you get a lot more cost. And, and, and it's far better to deal with the situation before it gets to that point. And so I think that, that there's already this talk of, of you know, MOT style uh, reviews of properties every year and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I, I think we can better, we can create a better system by doing it ourselves. I think the buy to let survey that we've introduced is a good start. Uh, we will be working on how we can develop the annual review process to make it as affordable as possible. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be five hundred pounds every year, for instance. You know, yeah. it might be, it, it might be depending on how how we, we we might have various options as well. So there might be might be sort of you know light and heavy options for interim re reviews and that sort of thing. Again, depending on what which way the government wants to do. And one of the things that we as RPSA doing is is working with government and other interest stakeholder groups in saying, well, how do we you know how do we we create a um, a system to deliver this, the, the, the requirement that we want, which is making sure that we're delivering decent homes mm -hmm. on an ongoing basis. That's what we want to achieve. How do we do that in a way that's, that's affordable and effective for, uh, for, for landlords? And it might be, of course, that, that by, by being proactive on this, um, that we can then stop government or, or get government to reduce cost in other areas. So, you know, okay, we've just seen a big, a big change in the HMO regulations, which has brought a lot more property into a, you know, HMO licensing. You know, it, it doesn't take a genius to look and say, well, how long before all resident, all yeah. private rental sector property is licensed? Well, it's that, well, that's what's happened in Wales, isn't it? Ooh, it's mandatory licensing in Wales now. Yeah, so so it's you know it's it's on the cards. If we can, but if we can deal with it ourselves and regulate the industry ourselves in a responsible way, then government won't be minded to do that uh, because there's no there's no benefit. And and really, local authorities don't want the the hassle of having to do all the licensing and so on. They're finding it difficult enough with with HMOs at the moment. So so I do think that that as an industry, we should be looking to say, okay, how, we've got a vehicle here, you know. That we can we can assess the condition of a property at one point in time. We can then reassess it on an interim basis. Let's turn this into a system that is going to be workable and financially viable for people uh, in the long run. Do you know what it strikes me? What would be from this whole conversation, which actually has just popped into my mind? I think I would rather have you guys come and do the survey than I would hire a property manager. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? You're, you're. If you have to, if you don't know, so, and a lot of a lot of landlords and investors, and I'm a property manager, not trying to put myself out of business, <laughs> but I, I would know to do this. Whereas a lot of property manage 
management companies aren't regulated. And that is a huge issue within the industry. Letting agents aren't regulated either. Yeah, landlords and property investors are, will happily put their properties, these expensive assets in the hands of someone who is unregulated, doesn't know what they're doing, but they have to then go out and look after all the legislation. And then to a certain extent, they might not get it 100% right. Those people can't go out and have a look at structure or other defects. And what strikes me is that for the cost of, say, £500 a year, or maybe less if you're doing your interim MOT, whatever that is, having someone like you who would go out and do that for me is more cost effective than having a property manager on the ground. And then what would happen is there'd probably be different services who could then collect your rent on your behalf if that's the other thing that you want you want to do. And I think maybe that's the way that we should be looking at doing this instead because then we know that a professional's gone out and checked our building rather than someone who may be not qualified, we're paying that on top of this. And actually what we want is to make sure that every single time we have our building inspected, which we pay property managers to do quarterly, six monthly, 12 monthly, whatever your your plan is, maybe this is the way that you would go rather than paying such extortionate property management fees for not even getting this service. I don't want to be the one to put property managers and letting agents out. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, not me. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I I think, you know, to be to be imaginative and inventive in in an industry is very good and to to to, to offer new alternatives to people. Uh, There there are, I'm sure, very good property managers, letting agents who are well worth every penny. But there's also some who are not so good. Mm. But I also think you're absolutely right that that most letting agents for example don't have the the skill set to enable them to go and assess a property for condition they can go around and 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 assess a few basic sort of health and safety issues but it's not looking at it that more holistic sense uh so i do think there's 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 a uh, there is a story to be told there and there, <laughs> there there is something we can do with that uh whether it's of course upskilling existing people yes. uh, and, and I think that that you know as we see legislation or regulation coming in for letting agents and, and, and estate agents and so on uh, I, I think we will generally see perhaps more upskilling um, we one of the things that we do with um, uh, through our PSA is we're, we're um, quite involved in a, a, a new residential surveying qualification that was 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 um, started recently few years ago uh so and, and quite a few estate agents and letting agents are, are doing that course it's a two years sort of vocational uh uh training course to become a residential a specialist residential surveyor and so you know there are opportunities for people to upskill and to bring themselves into being able to do other work yeah I so think- i think that that there is that there is an opportunity there are two opportunities i think one is for us to be able to do that you know, provide that service and the other is for the existing uh, property managers and letting agents to actually up their skill set and, and and be able to offer a wider a wider range and we're happy to if they want to talk to us at rpsa we can help them in the right point them in the right direction for actually gaining you know those qualifications to enable them to do that I think that would be amazing. That would that would actually solve a lot of problems if property managers could do that as part of their service. I mean, yeah. that's then worth the fees, isn't it? If you're already paying that and they start offering that, amazing. That is that's worth the fees that uh, you're you're paying them. And I think that's where the property industry will start being revolutionised if we can now 
instead of landlords feeling like they have to pay different people for different things, they never know if they're getting a hundred percent packet, uh, that whole package, if that's the sort of thing that you're paying for, all of a sudden you're thinking, well, yeah, I've got it completely right. I know that everything that I'm doing is watertight. I don't have sleepless nights. I've got the best people in the industry on whatever it is that I'm looking, I'm investing in at the moment. That changes things. That absolutely you're changes great, You're doing things. a great selling job for us, yeah? No, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, this is what I'm, this is my passion. I really really want to change the industry to be a good industry that's why I got into it because I feel like so many times there's either stuff that goes above people's heads and they just think doesn't relate to me I'm completely ignoring that or they think to themselves do you know what no one's ever going to notice I've got a two up two down somewhere in the middle of nowhere who's coming to have a look at this we'll just let the tenants get on with it or do do you know what there's so many ways in which you can hide so if there's a service which kind of offers it all and I know obviously you're going to have to pay extra for your gas safety if you're doing your fire safety which you should be doing your electrical safety which you should be testing annually but the main test is going to come around every five years you know you've got all of that you know that's going to happen plus then you get this extra thing that kind of completely covers you for the new um homes bill then you actually can sit at home at night and think everything else is now profit. I'll put half of that into a maintenance account just in case any, anything comes up. Half of that goes into a profit, profit account that you can then think, actually, you know what? Fantastic. I am meeting everything that I need to do. And all of a sudden, well, as a landlord, it's I think, fantastic. I think more than just sitting back and saying, you know, yeah, we could, you know, we, we, the rest is profit. I think more than that is you can sit back at night and think, do you know what? I'm being responsible and doing a really good job as a landlord. Well, that's, and, that's it, isn't it? If you can sleep at night because your assets yeah. are doing what they need to and your tenants are safe and comfortable, tick, 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 you are a good yes. landlord. Yes, yes, 100% agree. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, and we, we want to work with you guys as much as possible to develop that and to bring that, that sort of thinking into the market. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, I think that's been a really good conclusion to this podcast. But Alan, it's been amazing having you on. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And I think you're in my Property Investment Mastery Facebook group, aren't you? So everybody who's over there, if you haven't yet joined the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group, why not? Head over there. Come and join us. Alan's in there for a conversation. Alan is going to give me... um, information about his company and links to Skyline and how you can see all of the information about these new surveys. They're going to go in the show notes. So do make sure that once you finish listening to this podcast, you have a quick look. I don't put loads of show notes down there. I don't want you spending hours of your time reading it, but have a look because the links are vital to your success as a property manager, as a an investor, as a landlord, as a surveyor, because I know we get a real diverse mix of people who listen to this podcast. So everybody that is listening, I think you need to know about this as a matter of course. Legislation is changing. It's important that you get involved with it. You take a proactive approach now rather than the minute it drops, you thinking, oh my God, what do I have to do now? And then starting acting from a place of panic. Never, ever invest or act in in a professional manner from a place of panic. It doesn't work very well. I want you to be prepared. I want you to be on top of it. And I think this survey that Alan is offering is phenomenal that you guys should actually just go and have a look, go and find out for yourself and then come across to the uh, Facebook group and ask any questions. Um, I think that sums everything up. Alan, you've got anything more that you'd like to say to uh, our listeners? 
Uh, no, only only that you mentioned there that uh, you have surveyors in your in the Facebook group, um, and if any surveyors want to use the software, then then they can get in touch with us, and uh, they can do other survey types as well. And we are developing uh, lots of new survey types as well into the future. So uh, so there's going to be lots of opportunity there, both in the uh, in in the private renter sector and and in the the home owner and home buyer sectors sectors as well. So lots of opportunity for surveyors, but for everybody else as well. Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you to everybody who's listened to this podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. I hope you've learned a lot because that's what this podcast is here to do. It's here to provide you with support, education, updates with the new things that are going on in the industry so that you are always prepared. So thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for coming across and listening. Again, if you need anything else, check the show notes below because all the links are there so that you can get the best from this podcast.